Monday, August 24th, you're listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. On today's episode, Boston Raptors sweep, 76ers fire their coach, Luca goes off. Why is this happening? We'll discuss. I'm Chris, he's Andrew, let's go. The first round of the NBA playoffs is almost complete. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on that? Well, the West is exciting. Uh, yes. The East is less exciting than the West. It's almost not exciting. So uh, let's try to keep the East discussion brief because, frankly, I mean, the second round is going to be the more interesting thing with the with the uh, the East than the first round. But um, Ness wraps. Let's just start with that. You see anything interesting there? Nope. Yeah, no. It's just... The Raps were a better team. Uh, they managed not to lose game one. And I guess if they don't lose the game one, they're a beast. Yeah, I um, mean, the, their offense was better than the regular season because the Nets are a terrible defensive team. Uh, the only real notable point from that first series is Lowry's injury. Uh, Raptors played the Celtics on Thursday evening. That's three days from now. Yes or no, does Lowry play? I think he does. I think there's uh, some gamesmanship going on right now. I think if he was going to be out... I think it would have sounded a lot worse like with the reports than it was. I don't know. Um, I've had sprained ankles before. I think that one didn't look that bad. I think he'll be able to play. He's a tough guy. Much tougher than me. Like You're pretty tough. I'm pretty tough. But like if I get a sprained ankle, I'm, pro- I'm a little bitch about it. But, <laughs> I mean, if the Raptors are calling on me to play against the Celtics and I have a sprained ankle, I'll still be like, yo, tape that shit up. I'm going in. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think he will play. It's a big game. Um, he d- I did see him walk off the court under his own power. So that that's a good sign. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about the series. Nets are bad. They're going to be better next year, obviously. Uh, I do think it'll take like eight games before Kyrie and Durant start <laughs> fighting. Eight games? I think it'll take less than that. They'll be fighting like during the offseason about who they want to trade more. Probably. Karis LeVert had a great bubble and a great swan song to his Nets career because I guarantee you he's going to be traded. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Along with a package of picks. I mean a package of players because they have some good role players for a third star yeah yeah makes sense uh, i'm sure they'll do it but he'll end up somewhere hopefully decent where he can flourish he's a good player bright future like just to get on that point i think Kyrie learned a lot from lebron including how to uh subtly subvert your team and be like your own player gm and just try to trade whoever you want to try to get a <laughs> maybe the problem is Kyrie's, a Kyrie's a child and will mess this situation up as he has in the past well, LeBron kind of like, I mean, LeBron was able to lead the championships, but if you look at LeBron's track record when he leaves team, teams, it's scorched earth, earth over there once he leaves. Yeah, they blow up. <laughs> like, really uh, bad. Yeah. Okay, let's move to the uh, 76ers and Celtics really quickly. Uh, the 76ers are a tire fire, um, a soap opera for the past few years. This series was obviously awful for them, and it's culminated in the firing of Brett Brown. Uh Right move? I mean, yeah, like he had a few years to try it out. Realistically, I think Simmons and B just doesn't work, and I don't think there's anything he could have done about that. Even this year, Simmons goes down, Embiid steps up. I thought he, he played pretty good. Um, I liked the ability to just throw it down to him in the paint. He could post up, they could clear out, he could get them a bucket. Uh, but at the same time, like I don't know what Brett Brown was going to do with that roster. Well, yeah, he wasn't doing a lot, but I want to say, like, you know how you know uh, that the 76ers are done with him, like the players themselves? When in post-game interviews, when they're asking, like, what are your thoughts on Brett Brown? They just start with, he's a great guy. <laughs> That's how you know that you're not good at your job when he's like, well, he's a good guy. When yeah. Like, what, does he get, what about his job? And it's like, he's a good guy. Great That's guy. all I got to say. Yeah. When they start <laughs> talking about your qualities unrelated to your job, you know it's probably a, probably not going to end up good for you. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, whatever. You know what? He had his fair shake. Uh, had some talent around him. They didn't step up. I mean, Tobias Harris was trash this series for what they're paying him. Yeah. 38% from the floor. Got outscored by Richardson. Al Horford was a ghost. There was nothing other than Embiid. They didn't switch on any matchups. They didn't change anything. They tried the same thing for four straight games. Got blown out in four straight games. Um, I think the real interesting point with the Sixers is what happens next year. Did they run it back with the same thing? They've been running it back with Simmons and beat every year. Or did they do that again next year? Conventional wisdom would suggest that they do because when it comes to new coaches, any new coach that comes in there is probably going to be like, I want my hands 
on on Embiid uh, uh, and Simmons. I want to change. But this this clearly talent. doesn't work. I don't care if you got Red Auerbach, you got Phil Jackson, you got Brett Brown. It, it's not going to work. They've had their they've had their run. It doesn't matter what combinations you throw. It's not going to it's not going to fix it. I think ultimately no. I, ultimately, I think you're right. Like I've I've like last podcast I talked about this. I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I don't think that they're a tandem that's going to work. Okay, real quick, you got to move one of them. Who do you move, Simmons or Embiid? Oh, um, I'm definitely going to move Embiid. I think uh, ultimately, like I don't trust Embiid's uh, mental aspect of his game. I think he lacks discipline and maturity, and that's okay if you're like a first year or second year guy. It's kind of expected when you're young, but it seems to be uh, persistent with him. Yeah, I mean, face of the franchise, no maturity on the court, off the court, bit of a clown. Um, I, realistically, you're right. Maybe you should move Embiid, but the Sixers aren't going to do either of that. They're not moving Simmons. They're not moving Embiid. They're going to run it back with the same guys. Try it again. Yeah, I think so. I think you got to give the new, the new coach, like, and the new coach is going to want this. I mean, any coach who gets that job is going to be like, am I going to get the stars? But it's not going to make a difference. Maybe it will. They've tried every iteration of this for multiple years, and it always ends the same way. Actually, really quick, what are your, speaking of coaches, what are your thoughts on the Nets reportedly going after Greg Popovich? Did you hear about this? Yeah, I did. But, like, what are you talking about, right? Like, one, it's not for sale. Two, he's not going to the Nets even if he was looking to move somewhere else. How can you, how can you turn down the, the idea of coaching Kyrie and KD? Don't I think, you think easily. That it's just be like full of harmony and just happy times. Yeah, I think at the tender age of like whatever Greg Popovich is, 60 something, I don't think he's looking for burner account drama. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, I, I don't know what that even means. Like, who put out that report? Like, if I was the Nets organization, well, that was a, that I would was be sh- embarrassed to even have that out there. That was Shams um, from The Athletic. Uh, funny thing about Shams. You know who he's signed with, right? No. He's signed with Clutch Sports. Do you know uh, how he gets all his information? Just from all the Clutch Sports guys. But Clutch Sports is growing. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. They have a lot of leverage. I think a lot of casual fans actually don't understand the amount of leverage and uh, uh, influence that a lot of these uh, agent, these super agents and these agent industries like Clutch Sports have on the transactions that ultimately happen in the NBA. So real quick, do you want to explain what Clutch Sports is and who's involved? Yeah, for those that don't know, Clutch Sports is the sports agency that was started by uh, LeBron James and his colleague Rich Paul. Um, it's one of the like little dirty secrets in the NBA that LeBron is basically a player agent while he's playing, and they just let it happen, even though it's almost overt tampering. I mean, he's just signing all these guys. He's taking these guys to dinners with Rich Paul and convincing them to sign with his own agency that he has a stake in. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like tampering. It is. Because he not only has a stake in the revenues of Clutch Sports, but he also has a stake on the player movement within the NBA. Yeah, how do you think that Tristan Thompson ends up with that huge contract on the Cavs right after the 16 finals? He's a clutch sports guy. But see, at the same time, like, if you're LeBron, like, what are you doing signing Tristan Thompson to a big contract anyway? Is he that valuable on or off the court? He was really valuable in 16. And also LeBron's just like, meh, I won't be there in a few years. You yeah. get your money. I get my cut from that. Right. You, you take your 15 million. I'll take my 2% off the top. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to Los Angeles. Yeah. And thank you for helping me build that, uh, that nice pool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we good on this? You want to talk a little Celtics? How they look? Um, yeah, Celtics, like, I mean... They look great. They look really, really, really good. On both Um, ends. Offense, good. Defense, good. Uh, Sixers were bad, so I don't really know as a gauge how that's going to translate. Raptors are going to put up much more of a fight on both ends. That's going to be a great series. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that that is going to be potentially the marquee series of round two. And I think it's going to be a heavyweight fight. I think this is a series that's been kind of in the making for a while the celtics and raptors have been good teams in the east for several years now um like i mean concurrently and they've never met and so this is happening um 
I think it's an underrated thing that like, obviously the Raptors and the Nets were pushovers, but the 76ers were pushovers to the Celtics. And it's not just because the Celtics were good. They were good, granted. But it's because the 76ers were just played terribly. So I don't take too much stock in what the Celtics did. All their players went off because none of them were bothered by any of the 76ers players. And I think that against the Raptors, uh, their life is going to be more difficult. That They may end up winning the series. Personally, I think that the Raptors still take them. But it's going to be a tough one, and I look forward to it as a basketball fan. Uh, Heat Pacers. Series just finished. We're recording this Monday night. Heat just beat the Pacers. Pacers out. Uh, surprising, sweep. Yeah, surprising sweep. Um, but the Pacers were losing, were missing Sabonis, who I think is, even though he had a really big breakout season, just uh, still undervalued on his team the effect the impact that he has he's really important to them and i think they missed a good inside banging presence there who could score miles turner i don't think is like i mean he's fine but he's not that guy yeah no he's not i, I mean i'm, I'm a little surprised yes yeah, Sabonis was out so i'm a little surprised that they didn't manage to win a game or two but i honestly think it was just bully ball i think the heat had the veterans they had the experience they had the better coach um oladipo wasn't in mid-season form he's coming off an injury TJ Warren had a great regular season bubble. It cooled down a little bit in the playoffs. Um, see, it looked promising for them to win a game or two. I don't think anybody really had them winning the series. Uh, yeah, I think they got out-muscled. Uh, he, more veterans, better yeah. leader in Jimmy Butler. It, it was going to yeah. be tough for them to pull that out. An unfortunate thing with Sabonis is, I guess, I didn't realize that foot injuries were genetic, but Apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree with Sabonis. I mean, his dad felled by foot injuries. Listen, big people have foot injuries. Tell that to Yao Ming. Yeah. His feet still hurt. He hasn't been in the league for like a decade. He's also gained a lot of weight. Just Yao? <laughs> oh my god, he's massive. But yeah. he was already massive. <laughs> he's but now massive. He's... The 7'6", 300 pounder is now massive. Not then. Now he's like 7'6", 400 pounds. That's a big boy. Or something. I don't know. I've seen a recent photo with him like with Shaquille O'Neal. Guy's big. He's also taken up golfing. Um, yeah, I was taking up golfing. Yeah, I mean, what else are you gonna do with your millions of dollars? I don't know. Might as well. I thought he was gonna run for some sort of Chinese political position. He probably, yeah, he probably will. Yeah, they love him up there. Oh yeah, or down there, up there, uh, side, side there, there. side east there. there. <laughs> He's uh, a big fan in the east. Over there. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, anything else? Heat Pacers. You want to move on? No. I so don't. Heat are going to play the Bucks. That's gonna be a better series. Uh, the Heat remind me a lot. This year's Heat remind me a lot of last year's Raptors on the defensive end, in that I think they can hold Giannis to the perimeter, uh, keep him from scoring the paint, and I think they could cause him problems. I don't think that series is going to be as easy as people think. Okay, yeah, um, I agree with you. I'll. I guess we might as well just touch on the um, Milwaukee series and also kind of like project a little bit. But one thing about Milwaukee is. They're so predictable. They know you know exactly what they're going to do. They have a very they have a very effective scheme. Their drop back scheme. They're going to give a ton of above the break threes. Teams know how to attack it. The only question is whether you can make enough threes to uh, score enough against them. Uh, Orlando did in game one. They haven't since. Um, but Miami, better team, better shooters around them. Although their best, their two best players, Jimmy and Bam, aren't like obviously like shooters, but. Uh, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, guys who can shoot it from outside. Kelly Olynyk probably be important in that series. A guy who can space the floor. Like, the the bigs that can space the floor get Brooke Lopez out of the paint. Speaking of Brooke Lopez, talk about a guy like, if I told you six years ago, Brooke Lopez, like, man, what a defensive presence Brooke Lopez is. Not so sure about his offensive game. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, the like, Brooke Lopez I remember was dropping 22 a game for the Nets launching threes. And yeah. getting, like, four boards a game. I don't understand how he get other than the threes, I don't understand how he gets, like, his layups. The guy's moving in slow motion. There's spoofs about, like, how on the internet about how slow he is going to the lane. It works. Yeah. But I don't understand He takes it. these long steps, and, like, you see it coming, but you just can't stop it for some reason. I don't know. Him and Giannis are basically the same height, which is just yeah. wild that one moves the way Giannis does, and Brook Lopez is a Lopez. Well, that's why Giannis is probably going to be a two-time MVP. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think it, it yeah. probably goes that way. I mean, this isn't in the MVP conversation, but just for this this Magic series alone, he is their whole team. They, they win and die with Giannis. 
31-16-6 on 55% shooting. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's crazy. Speaking of uh, the magic, you notice how um, DJ Augustine didn't have an impassioned uh, post-game one uh, interview about, like, don't sleep on us. Yeah, don't sleep on us. I love your nickname for DJ Augustine. It's round one, game one. Yeah. Uh, well, no, Mr. Game One in brackets of the first round. Yeah. Augustine. Very catchy. <laughs> it's a long one, but you need to really give the context with him. Listen, if you have a series against the Magic, you better bet against the opposition Game One, Round One. Never bet against DJ Augustine in a Game One of Round One. Well, I one. saw, I saw him, um, I go on NBA, I frequent NBA Reddit a decent amount, and uh, I saw this one comment, they were talking about, like, most unbeatable teams ever, the nineteen like nineteen ninety three Bulls, the seventy three win uh, Warriors, and Game One Magic. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They just really get ready to go for Game One. Yeah, I mean, they had to defend their home court. Their home games every single time for them. Their home games every single time for them. It's in Orlando. Oh, it's in Orlando. Yeah. So you mean just this time? Talk about like, kind of surprise. The Bucks have the longest-lasting series in uh, the East. But the, this entire East uh, series, um, playoffs bracket so far has been a dud. But You made an interesting point, though, before we jumped on this pod, that the reason you think there's as many sweeps as there are is because there really is no crowd advantage. You made a good point that when the dominant right. home team takes the first two games, generally you're going back to the away for the other two games. you got the fans in it. You're down 2-0. You kind of got to climb through that deficit, and they usually at least split one of those two games. But now with the bubble, game three is the exact same as game one and two as game six and seven. The feel is the same. You don't get that advantage. I like how you referenced that this was something I told you prior to going on, and then you just took my point. And it was a good point. I felt like just yeah. giving it to myself. But yeah, that's for those listeners out there. This is literally something I told. I was just discussing with Andrew before we went on, but it's something I've noticed. Um, you don't get that that home crown vibe. Um, it seems to me that like in the bubble, it's just the better team is just gonna win, and so now it doesn't matter that game three and game four. As but it's said, not even just win some- the series. It's like the better team wins every game. Yeah, but then again, we're gonna switch to the West, and the West is at least a little more competitive as we speak right now. Uh, the Clippers and Mavericks are two two. The Rockets and Thunder are also 2-2, as the Thunder tonight just pulled out, or I guess this afternoon, uh, pulled out uh, another tight win against the the Houston Rockets. Yeah. And as we speak, the uh, Lakers and Portland Trailblazers are are playing. They're they're steamrolling the Blazers again. Okay, well, you can't win them all. Uh, Do you want to do Blazers-Lakers first? Actually, no, no, no. First, I want to do Blazers Grizzly. The play-in round. A couple things. I was mega disappointed. I didn't get to see Suns Blazers. I really <laughs> wanted that game or two games, depending on how it was. Well, went. that's what happens when you don't win enough games in the regular season. I mean, but Memphis like showed up to the bubble and laid an egg. Like they were trash. They just barely hung on to well, that seed. I would contend that Memphis played back down to their level of talent. I think they really overachieved a lot yeah i think so during the regular season however going eight no in the bubble i think phoenix overachieved a little bit too no that's their true talent 82 and 0 baby yeah next season place your bets now folks 82 i am very worried about the suns next year uh because it does appear that devin booker is now getting mixed up with the kardashians yeah i saw that too um and that is they've been around the nba uh uh social circle quite a bit especially yep. kendall well i think just professional athletes not just the nba yeah there's a little nfl but i'm like she took i think, a Kardashian I, think took, I think i think they found their niche with the nba maybe i think they're going more nba these days point is generally not a good omen for a good season it does not work out well when the NBA players end up wrapped around in that messed up family i think if nba are just a guy like, I, I'm pretty sure this is what killed Reggie Bush. Okay, there is... Well, first of all, Reggie Bush is not just a guy. They don't date just a guy. I just mean, like, if you're any man and you're in the and you're dating Kardashian, like, things are going south for you. So she's dating Devin Booker? She is now, yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, so I am projecting 
bad things for Devin Booker. Yeah, I think you're right. For the next year. Aside from the Kardashians, did you like the play-in round? And do you see it being a mainstay? Yes, 100%. But we talked about this last time. Yeah, I know. But I think that was before the play-in round actually happened. So you didn't actually get to see how it played out. But I do like it. I think it's here to stay. And I actually think the NBA might even expand it to include more teams and have a couple more games. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I think once you increase playoff rounds and playoff games, the history suggests in all leagues, not just the NBA, the history suggests that it just it just stays. Yeah, I mean, baseball did it. I think, did football do it? Does football have, did they have an, ex- they expand the regular season, which I don't actually know. I gotta look that up. I'm not sure if there's more playoff teams now in football. The NHL did it. They started with six teams overall. <laughs> yeah. Now they come a long way. Yeah, they were playing on ponds. Now they're playing in massive arenas. I really don't know if they actually ever played on ponds. Maybe once. Oh, they must have. No, I think they always played in arenas. I don't know. No, no, no. Hold on. When hockey first started, that. there must have been a pond game. I'm talking about professional hockey, not just hockey. But you think those six teams started on in arenas? Yeah. We're like frozen. Like, was it even a fan base when there was those first six teams? Their moms. Their mom. Their family members. But see, the moms would have gone to the pond. I don't know. Like, back in the 1900s, not to make this a hockey pod, but it'd be like, it's like, oh, he's a, Ted's a professional hockey player. It's like, that's amazing. What'd he get? It's like, well, he got a roast chicken for tonight. <laughs> yeah. We're, oh, like, where's he playing? Uh, Lake Manitowa. No, oh, no, no, awesome. no, no, no. They had like Toronto and Montreal, like right away. Yeah, but they were playing on a random lake. Like, they were, were they, they're no. not playing Lake Ontario. They weren't playing on any lakes. I'm almost certain of this. I don't know. I can't confirm nor deny. It was like 100 years before I was born. <laughs> I want to fact check this now, but... There was no internet back then or any footage. I don't think we can fact check this. Of course you can. You can fact check stuff in history. Just be, You can look on the internet now and find out stuff that happened prior to the internet. Yeah, you gotta take people's word for it. I'm saying there's no footage. There's pictures. Is it pictures? Yeah. When was the NHL? Was the NHL late 1800s? Or was early, that too... Early 1900s. Early 19. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, do you think the NBA, like, think a thousand years in the future, do you think the NBA is going to be there? Like, do you think professional sports are just going to be I, I think if the planet is still here, the NBA will still be here. They're going to be all shooting, like, half-court shots. Well, I think we probably do get to the point where you got to increase the 10-foot rim, right? I don't know. What no? Do they all... like, make the court bigger? If you're getting Maybe, bigger, stronger, know, faster... Are these guys, are these guys all going to be, like seven foot two and like gazelles <laughs> they're all Giannis's. maybe but actually this is an interesting point because a lot of people think this like mario chalmers they always use mario chalmers mario chalmers 50 years ago would have been oscar robertson is it the same size i'm just saying he would have dominated right like yeah so to think that everybody is Giannis 50 years from now is not super yeah. out of the ordinary you know how people talk about like time machines like i go back and like Kill Hitler, for example. Right. Okay. I go back and just be an NBA, st- NBA, an NBA star. What if I was an NBA scrub? I go back like 1930s and I'm still a scrub. It's like shit. <laughs> I could have sworn this was gonna work. I thought I was so good at getting into that peach basket. <laughs> Oscar Robinson still crosses you up, breaks your ankles. James Naismith is like, Chris, what the fuck was that? It's a crossover. We don't fucking dribble. Just pass the ball. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck did you do? <laughs> you like jump back you to the future. You broke the rules. You jump back to the future. They're like, so how'd it go? It's like, I got cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, should we go back to this or? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so let's talk about the West. Because um, that's much, obviously the much more compelling uh, bracket right now. And... It's not that surprising in the sense that the West is still a deeper conference than the East. Uh, the East is much more top-heavy, even though that there's been disappointing series, specifically Indiana and the 76ers. But the East was still more top-heavy than the West. The West was definitely had eight, even nine to ten pretty good teams. Um, Let's do Lakers-Blazers, because it's going on right now, and I have a confession to make. Well, I don't think... It's- I mean, if people listen to our other pods, I assume you're going with you thought the Blazers were going to win. I thought the Blazers were going to win. I had the Blazers upsetting the Lakers. Eight games into the bubble, they were on fire. Dame was dropping 50 a night. Lakers were playing like trash. LeBron was garbage. AD wasn't doing anything. Dion and JR were launching bricks. Dion and JR weren't even in game one. No, they're not playing. They're not even in the rotation. Uh, Melo was hitting game winners from the corner like it was like 2009. I was totally drinking the Kool-Aid. I was on the Blazers bandwagon a thousand percent. And what did I say? 
You I said told something you. different. I told you that Never the Blazers have no one to guard LeBron and yeah. minimal options to guard Davis. That was very apparent game This This three. series has played out kind of how I expected a little bit. And I think how, like, some other pundits have expected in the sense that Dame and CJ still doing pretty well. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on there. Like I'm I don't know how you can go from playing on fire for eight games, get a couple they days of rest. They were playing the Lakers every time. But they were playing good team. And the Lakers were terrible. The Lakers were one of the worst teams in the bubble through eight games. Okay, well, you have to bring this into context with two things. One, the Lakers had wrapped up the number 1 seed in the West very quickly. They had nothing to play for, and we all know how there is regular season LeBron and there is playoff LeBron. Um, and LeBron doesn't give a shit about the regular season, especially when he's already locked up as much as he can. So that's one. Number two is the fact that like the Blazers weren't even playing that good teams. I mean, think about their last game where they had they had to win it to make it to the play-in round, and they were in a barn burner against the Nets, who got dispatched summarily and very disrespectfully from the Raptors. Other than game two, which was a little tense, um... The other games, no contest. So the Blazers, look, the Blazers have turnstile defense with two great players and one very good offensive center in Yusuf Yusuf Nurkic. They have some nice role players, but they have no one to guard specific guys. They're really missing Trevor Reza. But see, what I thought was going to happen was that LeBron was going to get his, AD was going to get his, and then the rest of the Lakers were going to just fall flat, which is basically what has happened. It just turns out it doesn't matter. Yeah, because that's what the Lakers have been doing all year. LeBron gets his, AD gets his. Lo and behold, that's a lot. But the difference was, in the regular season, they also had Rondo. They had Avery Bradley. Like, there was a little bit more depth there. I don't know. Listen, I got it wrong. But I got it wrong. I'm not going to be right all the time. I'm right most of the time. I'm right sometimes. I, I wasn't right all the time. I think a lot. I think you're right rarely, and you really celebrate it when you are. Well, we're going to do, we're gonna do the hey, rest of the like, bracket. Shooter, shoot. You're a shooter when it comes to your takes. Yeah. I mean... I took a shot. It would, it, listen, if I was right, that would have been a great hot take. Uh, okay, so after Davis and LeBron, the next highest score of the series is KCP with 10 points per game on 30% shooting. That's surprising. their third best player. Well, it's probably not their third best player, but he's their third best scorer right now. In this Isn't that wild? Size. 10 points, 30% that's shooting? Point, that's like three-point variance. I don't know. It doesn't mean he's his third best player. They're, two, they're, they're literally just a two-man team. Let me ask you this. If your third best player is KCP, can you win a championship? No. Well... There you go. Um, but no, I'll just uh, to finish up on the Lakers and Trailblazers really quick. I still want to. Um, no, I got more stuff to smack on the Lakers. Okay, Kuz well, Green, KCP, Caruso, averaging thirty-two percent from the floor. Sorry, what? Kuzma, Danny Green, KCP, and Caruso. They're shooting thirty-two percent, thirty-two from the floor. This series. Okay, so take out Danny Green out of that. I don't even know how the Lakers won two games. I don't know. I I do the math and I'm like, okay, LeBron's got thirty-eight. Dave's got thirty-two. Who else scored? Nobody. Oh, they won. They got like 100, 110 points. <laughs> I don't know. Don't get it. But um, I'm wrong. Lakers going to win the series. Yeah. Anything else? So one thing I want to say about the the Lakers and uh, Trailblazers is it's kind of playing out how uh, I think a lot of people expect it in the sense like, yes, no one can guard LeBron and AD, and also no one can guard uh, Dame and CJ. It's just that LeBron and AD are better. Yeah, you're right. And I, are you just going to sit here and tell me how right you were about the Lakers series, or do you want to talk about something else? No, we'll move on. Um, I just, I have that, like, quiet confidence about it. One more it. time. Who was right about the series? I was. Okay. Although it's not done. Maybe. Can you imagine? Oh, man. Can you imagine next time we do this pod, Blazers actually come back, win, like, three straight games? Technically possible. Me and Chuck are going to be ecstatic. <laughs> well, he already lost it because he get, bet the sweep. You're a little more, uh, you're a little more uh, reserved yeah, on your... On your uh, what's what prediction? Uh, Thunder Rockets. Yeah. Okay. So two two. It's two two now. As of today. Yes. As of this afternoon, uh, OKC just tied it up with Houston. Pretty exciting be- for basketball fans because finally we have a series that is uh, exciting. Um, there's gonna be some drama in Game Five versus uh, more likely with a lot of other teams. Just literally the final stroke. I don't... Um, this year has been a huge resurgence year for Chris Paul. This year, yes. 
I love OKC Chris Paul. OKC Chris Paul is one of my favorite Chris Paul versions. I think this is what his career needs to be, and that is that he is, because he's so smart and so um, effective on the court, but he's also such a fucking bitch like to uh, other players. Like yeah. he's, he's such a hard ass because he, he sees the game better than almost anyone, and but he's very critical. He's not forgiving about your mistakes. So if you're a star, then yourself, like if you're really a good player like Blake Griffin, which and Chris Paul or James Harden for that matter, who and Chris Paul graded on both of them. Um, okay, so you're totally stealing my hot take, but I'm just going to give it to you now because you're talking about it. Does Chris Paul's success with this overachieving OKC team this year take some of the blame away from him for the Lob City Clipper failures and put it more on Blake? There's no, there's no real blame in the sense. No, there's like, blame. They had a lot of talent and a lot of years to figure it out. I don't think they were talented enough. DeAndre, Chris Paul, Prime Blake, they had a good supporting cast. Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. But Doc those, Rivers is the coach. No, no, there's blame. They underachieved every single year. I don't think they underachieved. I think they could have won a title, but I don't think they're guaranteed to. They weren't as talented as the Miami Heat's. The Miami. But Heat they never team. matched up against them. They never even got no, that far. No, but I'm far. talking about like different like trios. And teams with really uh, talented rosters. They weren't as good as those Miami Heat teams. They weren't as good as the Golden State teams. And it was unfortunate eventually their their run coincided with the uh, Golden State run near the end. But they were as talented. I don't think they were. I don't think they were. They had some talented players, but I think as a team, they were not as talented. That team also had Tobias Harris, a young Tobias. As your fifth or sixth best player. He wasn't even that good there. It wasn't I, until, his I, la- it wasn't until Tobias's last year, last two years, where he started really performing for the Clippers. Okay, so you don't like my hot take? You don't think the, the blame falls more on Blake Griffin because of how well Chris no. Paul has done? I mean, you can share blame all over the place. I think guys blasting Chris Paul for like not winning a chip, it's fucking hard. And I mean, look, he's a really good player. It's just, it so happens that the arc of his career, he hasn't done it yet. What I do love is I think a young hungry team is like the perfect oper- like the perfect spot for him and it's going to be really sad when OKC uses his great season to trade his contract for like an actual positive asset um I'm convinced they're trading him this summer uh because I don't think they want to go in the luxury tax he's owed 40 million plus for the next two years yeah I think you're um, right and I think a landing spot might be Miami because they will pay the luxury tax Miami's a landing spot, but I don't see how the trade gets done. Um, another potential spot is Denver. And a third potential spot, and actually this is my favorite potential spot, is the 76ers. Ooh, why is that your favorite spot? That seems like a non-starter. <laughs> I think it's the best for drama. Like, as an NBA fan, I think it'd be fucking hilarious to see an ownery Chris Paul. But see, I think I've seen that story before. I saw Chris Paul on the Sixers when Jimmy was on the Sixers. I've seen that story play out already. And that was the best version of the Sixers, except that Chris Paul's actual point guard. Jimmy's like a, I mean, he's a playmaker, but he's not a point guard. And he's but not at that point, point, Simmons is gone. You're not going to have Simmons and Chris Paul on the same team. Of course you can. Two playmakers. You need multiple playmakers. But they both bring the ball up. That doesn't make, like, look, you can make... Ben Simmons is great in transition. I mean, if you get a rebound, you get him going. Pass it to him. He'll get a bucket. Like you can have, you can scatter their minutes. Yeah, but like it doesn't. At least like, one of them it doesn't work because say you bring. Minutes. Okay, say you use Ben Simmons for transition, and you have Chris Paul bring it up in a dead ball situation. You can have Ben Simmons play off the ball as what a no, spot up shooter. But with a new coach, new system, you can do some actions, pick and roll. Chris one five. It's not happening, man. Like one five, Chris. It could work. They trade. They trade Al Horford plus a first round pick. Give it to the give it to OKC. OKC's like, holy shit, we're getting a pick for Chris Paul. Send him over. I don't know. Anyway, but I do love Chris Paul on this team. Is the point I'm saying. I think it's great for him. Also, last thing on Chris Paul, full circle um, with him. Uh, you know, you know, he his third year in the league. He was uh, in OKC. What? His third year in the league. New Orleans. Drafted by New Orleans. Hurricane Katrina hits in 2005. They go to OKC 
as their alternate site. OKC proves to be a very successful um, and very uh, passionate fan base. That leads to getting them on the NBA map, which eventually when the Supersonics needed a new team, they sent them to OKC. Chris Paul was playing in OKC in his third year uh, because he couldn't play in New Orleans. Full circle, comes back to... That's pretty cool. To OKC. Yeah, that's cool. Didn't know that. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, okay, so back to the series. 2-2 now. Uh, Westbrook has yet to play quad injury. I, I don't know if he's going to get back this series. That, um, so... They need him, though. Two final notes on that series, I suppose. Or three. I have three final notes. Not two. It's not final notes if you have a list of, like, ten. Of course. But I have three. Three final notes on this series. One... Uh, this is a huge moment for James Harden. Harden has a long history of uh, playoff failures and disappointments. I think he's a tremendous player, obviously, but this is a moment where he needs to come through, especially without Westbrook, because you bring up his injury, which I think is worse than guys are leading on, because you haven't heard anything about his potential timetable for return, right? But... I mean, this is Harden's team. This is Harden's style. This entire Rockets microball uh, strategy was all designed around him. But you don't think that the Westbrook injury gives him a way out? Not in my mind. Does, he, does it give you a way out in yours? No, it doesn't. But I just feel like that you could spin it that way if you wanted to. I don't think it would... I think you could spin it that way in later rounds. Against yeah, I think greater, you're right. Opposition, Even though the look, opposition is formidable. It is. But look, they won the first two games. They can win this series. At the end, of, it would help to have Westbrook. But at the end of the day, and this is, it comes down to like competition and whether you are able to pull through. I mean, you see that with a lot of playoff runs and teams that win championships. I mean, obviously Kawhi last year, uh, the Raptors last year, like pulling through in some big series. Dirk in 11. Uh, the list goes on. Any team that wins a championship or goes far has had a moment where there was doubt or questions about whether they can get through, um, except for maybe the, the 17 Warriors, those Warriors teams that were stacked. But the vast majority of teams, like they have to pull through at certain moments. This is a watershed moment. Uh, in this first round, at least, if they get through, there's probably going to be more. But the point is, Harden needs to lead his team to victory. And there's too many times where he's had moments like this and he shot them out of the game or he's just not performed well enough. And I think he's going to do it, but the point is he, he needs to do it. It yeah, has no, to happen. You're right, he does. This is, his, this is his moment. I did think of one way that he kind of skates by the blame. If Westbrook does come back and plays poorly and they lose, they will redirect the hate at Russ. That's true. Um, <laughs> People yeah. love to jump on the Russ hate train. Yeah. Uh, James, perfect master stroke move, finagling the trade for Chris Paul, of Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook so he has another lightning rod player with him. So when the inevitable failures come, I'm being facetious, by the way. Um, he Your can, sarcasm came through loud and clear. <laughs> he can place the blame on Russ instead of him. Um, Real quick, who wins the series? Houston. Yeah, I think so too. But at the same time, if I was wrong, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, I mean, randomly, um, OKC this year, uh, during the regular season, uh, led the league in net rating in the clutch, quote-unquote, which is an NBA definition, which I don't have in front of me right now. Probably should have. But it's... uh, The amount of meaningless stats the NBA puts forward... It's too many. It's for the stat heads. It's for the nerds. I know, I know. But they all mean the same thing, and they all mean nothing at all at the same time. I like to push up my figurative glasses because I don't need them. Like, look at some good clutch stats. <laughs> you <laughs> and a lot of people. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is um, game... I'm excited for game five. Like, finally, a really important 2-2 game five. This is, this is a big game. This Let's series is going to go uh, seven. It's going to be... Chris Paul versus James Harden. Mono y mono. Let's see what happens. I was looking forward to the Chris Paul versus Westbrook matchup because that is feisty. Yeah. And I didn't get to see it, and I probably won't because Russ will come back and it won't be the same. Well, 
first of all, Chris Paul wouldn't even guard Russ because with the micro ball, no, they I don't mean like center, necessarily. They have, like, they have the centers guarding Russ. Russ might guard Chris. Also, probably not actually. They but like even the, just having both of them on the floor at the same time, there's always animosity. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're both intense guys. Um, second, like another thing I want to say is how about that Canadian content on the OKC? Luke and Stort doing great shit, just guarding guarding Harden. What was that name? Lucan's Dort. Yeah, it sounds Canadian. It's German Canadian. Right. It's one of those those black German Canadians you see everywhere. My grandmother's German Canadian. Is she? I mean, she's German. She moves to Canada, so okay, German well, Canadian. Sh- Maybe we're cousins, me and Lucas. <laughs> Unlikely. I, I seriously doubt it. Yeah. Um. Also, Shay, who has had a very quiet series. Like I haven't noticed him that much at all. Yeah, no, quiet. But, but, like, everybody on OKC has been kind of quiet. Like, they've won two quiet games. Yeah, two quiet close games. In the clutch. Best night rating. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Um, this guy with his stats. Very you quick, and your analytics. Very quickly, actually, on Shea. Is he the best Canadian player in the league right now? I'm not a Wiggins fan. What about Jamal Murray? That's, like, the other guy I was thinking. No, it's Jamal Murray. Yeah? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Right now, it's Jamal Murray. Yeah. He's hot. Speaking of Jamal Murray, Nuggets Jazz. The series feels like 2001 Raptors Sixers with Murray and Mitchell just dropping 50 point games against each other. That's a throwback. 2001. Yeah. Great series. <laughs> I honestly didn't even watch it that much. I wasn't really a basketball fan back then. I mean, it wasn't about being a basketball fan. It was about being eight. That too. Yeah. I, I know one play from that series because I've seen it all over the TV all the time, especially during these Vince. Uh, tributes on NBA TV Canada. Yeah. Um, That's what I was wondering. Are those tributes just on NBA TV yes. Canada? They are, eh? Yes. Yes, they are. For those American listeners out there, uh, NBA TV in Canada has been playing Vince Carter tributes ad nauseum during these playoffs right now. Um, I mean, listen, 22 amazing years, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. When he played for, what, eight teams? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great I career, mean, man. Anybody coming into the league, if you go, hey, listen, man, you can lock in Vince Carter's career right now. They take it. Well, 100%. But I'm just saying, like, I think we overdo it a little bit with Vince, like, in no, hindsight. No, we don't. No. I think we do. Who's we? Uh, Toronto people, Can- Canadians. Overdo in what sense? The love? Yeah. No. He forced his way out, okay? Like, great yeah. player. So? I respect him. I think, still, like... Give him some appreciation. I'm not deifying the guy. Okay? I was tired of playing with Antonio Davis, too. This wasn't that bad. Really, everyone loves Alvin Williams, but I think people forget that Alvin Williams wasn't that great of a basketball player. I don't blame him for wanting to leave because we weren't a very good franchise at the time, but don't make me then later tell you how fucking great you are, were and try to make a statue for you when you still forced your way out. He's not asking for a statue. I, I don't know. I assume it's going to come later. I don't know if he'll get a statue. I think the number will go up into the Raptors. I'm not sure if he's getting a statue. <laughs> Here's a good analogy for you. Think about it this way. Like, do you ever have like an ex-girlfriend that just ditched you to the curb? You had like several great years with her or months. Depending. Yeah, but you know what? If, if you're mature, then you look at the good times. Right. Yeah, you yeah. playing tribute videos to her <laughs> at night, like before. Do you know you... what? When she retires from the dating scene, twenty-two years later, I'll throw a tribute video up. You're gonna be invited to her wedding. You're gonna go up with a tribute video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little eye movie, little like five-minute throwback. You're like a little liquored up at the wedding. It's like, hey man, this is her origins. <laughs> this <laughs> I love, is. I love how I'm liquored up. This is where at it all started. The ex-girlfriend's wedding, and I still managed to have the presence of mind to bring a USB key with a video on it. Yeah, nice. I assume. I don't know. I thought you just bring like your own. If you're liquored up, you probably just brought your own portable laptop. It's like, is this good for everyone? Like, rose <laughs> yeah. back. The guys in the back, can you see this? <laughs> this is the eleven incher. <laughs> we uh, we're we're deviating a little bit. We were talking about yeah. like jazz. Yeah, okay. It's, it's weird because I don't have much to say about these two teams. They're very similar. Uh, jazz are going to take the series, but it could have gone either way. I, I think the Jazz are really just a more experienced Nuggets team. Yeah, I have some... Okay, so I have some things to say. Very quick. I, I agree like with everything you said there. One, I mean, the Jazz are the sixth seed, but they also tanked hard to get out of the 4-5 matchup because they didn't want to face Houston. 
Um, and I wish the basketball gods were a little bit more mean to them, but Denver's a better matchup for them because Denver isn't hasn't proven to be very great in the playoffs. Yeah. But I mean, look at it this and way: Jokic twenty four, Murray twenty two, Michael Porter Jr. twenty one. Yeah, they'll like they're there. a couple years away from being the Jazz. The future is bright for them. Second thing I want to say about them: Denver reminds me of the the Raptors uh, when they were just starting to make the playoffs. You have guys not having performances that they need to have in the playoffs. That being said, Jamal Murray, Murray himself is going off. Yeah. But just not good enough. Uh, the team, that is. Jamal doing great. Um, I think they're a player away. I don't think they're good enough yet. I don't know if they're a player away or if they're just a little bit of time away. I think maybe they just need a year or two more of experience under their belt. And I think they'll be good to go. I think a big three of Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter with a half-decent supporting cast, can be what they need to be. Okay, you're... I agree with you. The only 30-year-old on this team is Millsap. He's a free agent after this year. He's not coming back. Right, but I'm just saying, like, there's ample youth on this team. Youth is not necessarily great, but I I agree with you on that Porter thing because he looks really good, but if he pops, and I mean, like, really pops into, like, a third star, then they have something. What I'm saying is I think they need another really good player or significant improvements from Murray and Jokic. But frankly, I think Murray and Jokic are kind of what they are going to be right now. I think, like, they're really good players. I just think... Not many players peak at 22 and 24. That's true. Mm. There's some upside. You're right. Revert that. I'm that's I'm wrong. I'm wrong there. Maybe but, you'll be right. Let's see a couple years down the line. Maybe see. they did peak. Murray is inconsistent at this point, although he's been... Hot right now, but he is an inconsistent player in general. He's averaging like 38 points this year. He's series. hot right now. He's it's a, crazy. He's like the definition of like shoot or shoot kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Real quick on uh, Utah. I mean, they're going to take the series. Uh, Mitchell's been great. Conley came back for a couple games. He's been great. You're getting what you're supposed to do from Gobert. They're finally getting something from Conley. Uh, yeah. He was so bad at the start of the year that they had like there's... Utah fans all over the internet being like, we got to get rid of this guy. And they're talking about like, but like I, I don't know why though. Attaching picks. Cause he was bad. He was but, bad at the start. But look at my Conley's career. The guy is big game performer. Always. Always. Yeah. But you're looking. Yeah. But you're looking in the past. You don't pay a guy for what he's done. But he was this past. guy last year. I'm not saying like five years ago. Right. Like you knew he could come back. You knew that was still there. Give him a little bit of time. Like anyway, he proved them wrong. Well, I don't know. The jazz fans are pretty rash. <laughs> yeah, oh man, Utah fans. Is it Utah? Oh yeah, Utah. Yeah. Yeah, to say the least, they're kind of, they are uh, extreme fan base. And um, I guess they weren't that patient with him. But to fairness to them, Conley was pretty bad at the He was start. bad, but now he was, he's good. They're going to win the series, so I'm sure they're they on the, the bandwagon now. Um, Remember when Jordan Clarkson was a Laker and was awful? He works so well with Utah right now. Yeah. Like that defensive mindset, and then they have this bench gunner come out. And finally, he has found a haven for him. It's like, hey, Jordan, you know how you love to take shots all the fucking time? We accept that now. If you look at that team, that Laker team when he was there, basically everyone who has left that team, which is basically everybody because they have a whole new team now, has thrived. Clarkson's doing awesome. Julius Randle's putting up big numbers. Um, I mean, Lonzo, whatever. Um, still think, I still think Lonzo is going to... D'Angelo Russell player. D'Angelo Russell left, yeah. like murdered, just crushed it for the Nets. I, I don't know, crazy. I have well, my theory on that is like, look, LA is too busy a town. I think for some of these young kids, like if I was twenty two years old or twenty years old, I'm drafted high by the Lakers. I'm making millions of dollars. I'm in LA. I'm going out. You're on a shitty team too. Like fuck it, you're not making the playoffs. I'm with all these other young you guys. Can't, you can't even shoot because every night you got to pass Kobe the ball so he can get his. Oh, that's at the start. Yeah, you're right. But like, I'm with all these other young guys. Like after the game, after getting blown out by a team, it's like, hey, what are you doing? You want to hit the club? Like, yeah. I'm sure they. It's not like, a good situation for a young guy. And then next thing you know, money. you're stuck in like nowhere. I guess I'll just focus on my game. <laughs> next thing you know, you well. you're good. Yeah, it happens. La La Land. It gets the best <laughs> um, of them. Very quick, the reason why Denver is losing this series and likely going to lose the series is because they have no one to defend anyone on Utah. Jokic is an offensive center. He is lead-footed and poor on defense. But see, I Murray thought, is not I thought skinny player. Jokic was going to be faster. I think you can't change the instincts, though. Like, 
Look, like Marcus Gasol was got a little hefty this year too. Still a good defensive player, right? Like guys just have good instincts sometimes and are better suited for defensive yeah, play. Yeah, Skinny Gasol is basically um, the same. Jokic, I think you improve your defense through experience, and as you age, you generally get smarter and better. But I think there's a certain level where some guys are just going to be better defenders than others. Jokic is not a good defender. Uh, neither is Murray. He's a fine defender, but he is not an elite defender. Porter is a sieve. They don't have elite defenders, and it's showing where literally Utah is getting anything they want at the rim anything they want from the perimeter, especially Donovan Mitchell, who has gone absolutely red hot on fire. No one on that team can guard them. They miss Will Barton. Yeah, series over. Well, you can't say that, but probably. Yeah, no, it's over. Um, Okay, so last series that we haven't talked about. Luca. That guy's got big balls, man. Holy smokes. Like, we should have talked about this guy first. The year he is having, the numbers he's putting up, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. He's 21. You know what I was doing at 21? Nothing. <laughs> I was doing anything at 21. It's crazy. He's putting up 35-point triple-doubles in the playoffs against Kawhi. Yeah. Kind of uh, two things to say about that and kind of pull back on all the, the Luca-gasm that is going on right now, um, which, fair. I mean, he got Mike Breen to say a double bang. Bang! Bang! Oh, the double bang. That's a tough one to get. Do you think Mike Breen says that when he's with his wife? I don't think so. You think he commentates? Maybe. I feel like you got to leave work at work, you know? Right. For, the, for the sake of your marriage. But if it's your... Don't bring your work home with you, Mike <laughs> Breen. <laughs> Do you think any of these announcers bring their catchphrases into the bedroom? Like... Hand Mark down, Jack- man down. Mark Jackson. Baby, hand down, man down. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. You'd have to you ask him. You can't really take that out of context. No, Mama, that's a tough one. there goes that man. What man? You're the only one here. <laughs> tough yeah. to say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Luca. Like, on one foot, bad ankle. Yeah. Still hits gutsy, game winners. Gutsy performance. Yeah. That shot reminded me of the uh, shot LeBron James hit over Orlando in the conference finals. Just because it goes up and there's this pause and there's silence and you're just watching because that rainbow three that Luca hit, like, it took a while. Like relatively yeah. speaking, you're just there's a pause. You wait and there's just boom, pandemonium. You know what I thought about when that shot hit and it's kind of a downer point. It's like imagine so that game would have been in Dallas. Oh my god, yeah. It's a shame that the Mavs fans didn't get a chance to experience that. Right, I know, but they got to watch it and those virtual fans. Oh, man, They're what into it. a show for them. Yeah, wow, good for them, man. <laughs> Must be nice. How do you get on that virtual fan I don't know. Thing? I'm sure there's a way. I really don't care. No, but I feel like it'd be funny just to get on. Yeah. We'll look into it. Um, so I want to say, so a little recalibration on that one. I'm happy it's 2-2. It's going to be a really exciting game five. It shouldn't be 2-2. It should be 3-1. Yeah. That Porzingis ejection was soft. Oh, it should be 3-1 for the Mavs. Yeah. Did yeah, you think, see that ejection? I know, it was soft. It was. They cost him the game. Okay, but I think it should be... I mean, I think Clippers are a better team. I think on the aggregate, you might be able to say, like, just over throughout the games, that probably the Clippers should be up 3-1. But maybe 2-2 is the right number. Can we talk about what's the bigger story here, Luka or Paul George? Well, I just think Paul George eventually... I mean, I was going to get to that. I just think Paul George is eventually going to have a good game. Um, but what are you talking about? You're brushing over as if, as if this isn't a huge story. It's not a huge story yet. And they're just two two. It's a massive story. It's, it's a, a massive story. story. If you want to over like he's shooting twenty nine percent from the floor over four games. It's four games. I mean, look, it is a, a story in the sense like, yo, you're supposed to contribute, and he is the reason. If you want to boil it down, he's the reason why they've lost, uh, especially last game, but two games. Like, I mean, it goes down to the wire in these games. With Paul George playing poorly, if he just plays But they're normal, the two seed. It's not supposed to go down to the wire. The reason it is is because Paul George is not effective. It's a bit, a bit of Paul George being not effective, a bit of Mavericks being a really strong... But the Mavericks are just playing like the Mavericks play, right? But they're I'm, a really strong team. But here, let me, uh, let, me, let me just say that, like, look, I think... Paul George is ultimately probably due for a game. It better come quick. But I think as a recalibration, 
one, I think the next big move, like the next move that just naturally is going to happen is you're going to see Kawhi on Luka all game. And you're going to minimize the switches that that happen on the high screen roll. You're not going to get Reggie Jackson on Luka down the stretch like as the switch that they had. Like Reggie Jackson was on Luka when he hit that game winner, not Kawhi, because they switched it. Kawhi's going to be on Luka all game. Um... So that's one, and I think that'll diminish. Like he's just a harder matchup. That'll just diminish. Man, it's not gonna make a fucking difference. It's gonna make a difference. I guarantee you, will make a difference. Luca will put up the exact same numbers. I'm willing to bet he won't. We'll we will see. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think it will. I think it will. Going into the season, everybody was raving about the Clippers' depth. I'm looking at this roster, and I'm not seeing any depth. Well, that's the other thing about the Clippers that I want to mention is that. They're a hired gun team right now. They're not... They're, they have the remnants of that fun team that they had prior to Kawhi and Paul George. And they just add these two players, plus also Marcus Morris. Um, and they don't feel together right now. And you also have like Montrez Harrell working his way back because um, he had COVID. And you don't have Patrick Beverly. They just feel very disjointed. They're, they're, the talent is obvious. I mean, the talent's not super obvious. I could shoot 5 of 17 from the floor. Like, pan- oh, you know what they're calling him now? Pandemic P. Pandemic P. <laughs> I like that. His playoff, we talked about Harden's lackluster playoff legacy. Paul George has an equally terrible playoff legacy. I mean, you're not going to make a case for Paul George being great in the playoffs. He has no big playoff moments. Of course he does. Name one. Indiana, when he was going against LeBron James. When he was losing every single year? I don't understand. No, he had like some huge games. He was really good when he was young with Indiana. The difference is, the difference is that like, it's easier to be a scrappy underdog than the favorite with all the pressure on you, right? Like when he was with Indiana, they weren't expected. All the pressure was on the Heat, and he was also new to the league. He comes in and he's having a good time. He's playing free and loose. Now he's not. Now there's a lot of pressure. Actually, I want to say like, you know how you know you care about something? You see that stupid social media. Uh, post he did after his game three flop, not even his game four flop. I don't know where he goes. And is like, I don't care what you think. He makes like, that was a sense of the gist of his social media post. Like, I don't care what you think. Why are you guys caring about me? There's other shit to do. Like, you know how I know you care? Cause you out of nowhere decide to comment on the fact that I don't care. Yeah. A great way to show you don't care is don't fucking comment. Yeah, I know. He also said, uh, this is a direct quote. Uh, after the last game, he goes, if I shot better, this would be a different series. It's true. He is correct. He is correct. But some things just don't need to be said. Yeah. So, recalibration, though, I think Kawhi on uh, Luka will have effects. I think Luka's the type of guy that you can't, like, stop. He's that good, clearly. But you can definitely mitigate and maybe force him to be more of a playmaker and see if the Mavericks guys other than Luka, can make some big shots, big plays. Clippers, Mavs, who wins the series? Clippers. Yeah, Six. I think so too. I think they win the next two games. Yeah, there's I think no so one, too. It doesn't change the fact that there's no one on the Mavs who can stop really anyone on the Clippers. They're not a very good I think it'll be team. close, but again, if it goes the other way, I'm not going to be super surprised. If Paul George doesn't pick up the pace, I can see the Mavs stealing I a couple think, games. I think, like... If Paul George doesn't pick up the pace, then they just move away from him. They still have some really good pieces. You just play Lou Will, who he's going to be the secondary scorer. And also, let's not forget that Kawhi is a tremendous playoff performer and also has a tremendous sense for the momentum of a game. He is uncanny. One of the best I've ever seen at just knowing the right moments to take certain shots. Momentum-building shots. He just has this sixth sense where... Like his mid-range game is great at sustaining uh, leads or cutting runs just to create some uh, stability. And then next thing you know, boom, hits that big three. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not convinced. Yeah. Okay, so that's, I guess, all we have to say about the the series as they have gone so far. Uh, Andrew, do you want to quickly, since we never did a real playoff preview pod, uh, do you want to just break down how we see the uh, remaining... Uh, series is going forward like a bracket style type yeah everyone loves a good bracket and everyone loves some good predictions so uh i get it some of the first round matchups are already over some of them are almost over we should have done this before the first round but since the bubble started there was a lot going on bubble came together quickly 
eight regular season games. A lot was going on. The race for the eighth in the West was in, it was pretty interesting. So we never got to it. All right. So sue us. But we're going to do it now. All right. Lakers, Portland. Uh, that is going to be a 3-1 series after tonight, most likely. Who do you have winning that series? Well, obviously, like the Lakers at this point. I think the Lakers just win in five. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Portland will come back and make it interesting. But realistically, I got Lakers going through now at this point as well. Rockets, Thunder, that series is 2-2. Who's going? I said that earlier in this pod. I think the Rockets are going to win in six. I think they uh, they figure it out. Yeah, uh, I think you're right too. Uh, definitely six or seven though. Kudos to OKC for a great season. Um, Denver, Utah, 3-1 Utah. That's probably over. Utah's going through. Uh, yeah, I have Utah in six. I think Denver wins a scrappy game five i don't think they're going down quite that easy tough one dallas clippers uh clippers and six i already said that yeah i think so too but at the same time man same with like okc series i wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way but i got clippers i'm gonna stick with clippers i would be surprised so far we are pretty much set on our picks uh the east is also already set we got three out of four sweeps. milwaukee should have swept orlando but they didn't so i guess you have milwaukee going through or you think or you think orlando's pulling a big comeback they are going to win in five. So that puts it at Miami, Milwaukee, second round. Yeah, the first round is pretty predictable. Let's just go to like the, the second round, and this is where the real predictions come in. Who do you got? Milwaukee, Miami. Milwaukee, Miami. I have Miami winning in seven. Wow, upset. I think that uh, Milwaukee has looked tight, especially when it comes to close games. I think they have, they have obviously a very predictable system in the sense that they literally never change it. And they never change the substitution patterns either. Is Giannis going to play more than 35 minutes? 32 minutes? Not really. He only did it like twice in the playoffs last year. Um, I think Miami is looking really good. I think they have enough shooters to beat the drop back style of uh, Milwaukee. And like I said, I think Milwaukee has some playoff demons. And when it gets tight, close games, their players get tight and stressed and i think they really miss brogdon you know what you, yeah they definitely miss brogdon we knew that when he left last year that was going to be a big loss especially because he's tearing it up for indiana even though they're out of the playoffs he had a good series um i honestly think it's going to come down to a little bit of middleton because he's known to fade in the playoffs he's a swing guy he's a swing guy yeah he, they for need sure. him to be the second star that they build him to be so i you got miami going i i do think i think it'll be enough of a contribution for middleton to pair up with what Giannis is going to give you i have milwaukee winning this series okay um raptors celtics that's going to be a tough one who do you got i have the raptors in six yeah i mean i'm a homer and i also have the raptors going all the way the lowry injury does worry me a little bit more than it worries you i hope it's a non-starter and not a big deal i still think lowry is going to play the game and that's my assumption based on what that i'm making with that prediction um without the home court advantages and all like the home court games and all that i think uh, there's going to be fewer seven-game series in these playoffs, and I just think Toronto is going to win, but in a lot of close, hard-fought games. I yeah. just think, at the end of the day, I think they can create some matchup problems with the Celtics, and uh, I think they have some better shooting and greater depth overall. It's going to be tough. I mean, Tatum, Brown, Kemba scare me a little bit, but if Lowry's healthy, uh, I think we do have a little bit more depth. I like our bench a little bit more than Celtics. Okay, so we both have Raptors going through. Jump back to the West. Uh, Lakers, Rockets. I have the Lakers winning in six. Yeah, I don't think the Lakers are a great matchup for the Rockets. It'll be interesting if Russ comes back, though. That might change the dynamic. Mm-hmm. They still have no one to guard LeBron and AD, especially AD. This is whereas uh, LeBron is going to feast on Portland, and this is the type, that's the type of series because they had no one to guard him. They have no one to guard AD, the Houston, that is. Literally the Achilles heel of Houston's microball type strategy is a big guy who can move with skill and can shoot. Literally the definition of AD. AD is going to eat them up. Next series, Utah Clippers. Clippers in five. You sound very confident. Yeah. Yeah? I think Utah is an easier matchup against the, than the Mavs are. To the Clippers. I think so too, but I'm telling you, this is not the Clipper team that we saw in the regular season. I think they'll be more galvanized throughout the by through the the process of winning the first round matchup. I think they'll warm up. I think they're going to get better as the playoffs go on. They have to get better or they're not coming out of the West. Uh, jump back to the East. 
So you have Miami going. I have Milwaukee going. So let's assume both. Uh, Miami Raptors, who do you have? I have the Raptors. I think they're a better team than Miami. Yeah, I think the Raptors and, are going to make the finals. Yeah, I think you're right. Even with the Bucks matchup, they beat them last year, and it was team beat defense that stopped them. I mean, Kawhi had some good games, but team defense is what really shut Giannis down. I don't see why they can't do the same thing this year. So no matter whether Milwaukee moves forward or Miami moves forward, I have the Raptors going what to the finals. What do you have the Raptors in games? I, I should have said I have Raptors in seven against the eight. I think it'll be a tough series. I think I probably have the Raptors in six. I think if you can figure out the Bucks game, as you mentioned, they don't really change it up. So if you right. can figure it out early, I think you can get them in five or six. Right. Five seems a bit much. I think six. <laughs> Giannis is pretty good. He can win you a couple really games. Good. Uh, back to the West. So we got Lakers, Clippers, Battle of Los Angeles. That's kind of how people thought this was going to go at the beginning of the year. Yeah. That's kind of probably how it ends up. Who do you have? Clippers in a sweep. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow, I was ready to tear no. that apart. <laughs> um, I still uh, have the Clippers. I think this is where uh, Lakers' depth kills them because this is the team that actually has guys you can throw at LeBron. Like This is what the Clippers were built for, to beat the Lakers. I think they will. Um, I don't think the Lakers have enough uh, bench. Uh, they don't have enough depth to beat the Clippers' depth there. Yeah, I mean, see, I didn't think the Lakers had enough depth to get past the first round. That was obviously a mistake. They are looking better now, and I think they're only going to get better as the series progresses. Oh, the Clippers got to get better too, man. I'm not liking what I'm seeing from... Just make a pick. Lakers. Lakers and what? Seven. Seven, okay. So then we have Raptors versus Clippers. What? No, or Raptors, Raptors versus Lakers. Lakers, yeah. Well, my version is Clippers. Right. Okay, so who do you have? Raptors, Clip- Raptors, Clippers. Who do you have? Out of all the craziest years of years, we finish the storybook ending where the Raptors defeat Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers, in seven games. That is a great win. finish to the season. <laughs> and win the title and thumb their nose at Kawhi, who chose Pandemic P over our team. Well, that was no. a mistake. <laughs> I mean, he chose it for the good weather and, like, the yeah, home Yeah, well, cooking. he also lives there. I mean, yeah, like, he, obviously Toronto was going to be the better team. He chose them for legitimate reasons that I'll never bash him for. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, I, I like the Raptors, too. They were my pick to win the championship. I'm going to stick with them. Hopefully they stay healthy. That'll be the big determining factor. If it is the Lakers, who I have Lebronto, been... Yeah, that's, that's tough, man. That's tough. LeBronto's... I don't know. I don't like it. Can you imagine the Raptors beating LeBron in a seven-game series? I can imagine them beating a 35-year-old LeBron in a seven-game series. We've also beat the Lakers every single time we face them this year, which is only twice. But Play, playoff LeBron is very different. I don't know. Well, I think if the matchup the goes... Point of listen, I, ha- I had Raptors taking the championship, so it shouldn't, shouldn't matter. I don't know if the Lakers are even going to get there. So, Raptors, NBA champions, back-to-back. Okay, so um, it goes to show we're total homers, I guess. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Well, no shame. Okay. That's Anything good. Anything else to add? Thanks, man. Cool, thanks.